Hello and welcome to the first ever Conversational Leadership Podcast with your host, Jay Mann. So who is Jay Mann? Some of you may not know me out there. I am the new superintendent of the Creighton School District, previously the chief financial officer for the district for the past eight years, and I am very excited to have the opportunity to work with all of our staff, our community, our students as the superintendent of the Creighton School District. I have a great passion for this district. I've come to love the community and everyone involved here. And so for me, the highlight is not becoming superintendent. The highlight is the opportunity to work with all of you to help make certain that Creighton lives up to the great reputation it's had and the amazing opportunities that lie ahead of us. So towards that end, and the reason that this podcast is called Conversational Leadership is one of the leadership methods that I'm looking to employ to achieve those goals is conversational leadership. And you may ask yourself, well, well, what is that? Well, conversational leadership has four basic tenets. It's two-way conversations that replace listening. So you hear leaders talk a lot about how important it is to listen, but conversational leadership is even more powerful than listening or active listening because you're actually engaging with a person to find out what it is that they have to share. If you are familiar with the seven habits of highly effective people, the fifth habit is seek first to understand and then be understood. Two-way conversations really help support understanding first before hoping to have others understand you. Um, it also relies on authentic engagement with all stakeholders. So just flying in and having a quick conversation and pretending like you're listening and you care is not conversational leadership. Conversational leadership is authentically engaging, getting deep into those conversations to understand where people are coming from and what they're trying to share with you or where they might have needs for support um, or how you can work with them more effectively moving forward. There are four elements to conversational leadership, which are intimacy, like conversational leadership is getting close with people, getting, getting into the conversation at the ground level and really talking deeply about it. There's interactivity. So this is definitely a two way process. It's not me talking and other people listening, and it's not me just passively listening and trying to gather information. Um, inclusion. This is really important. Who are we having the conversations with? Having conversations with our teachers is super important. Those are one of our groups we really need to get into conversations with. But if by doing so, we don't have conversations with our paraprofessionals or our bus drivers or, you know, our cafeteria support staff or our custodians, we're really missing large groups of people who have important conversational items to share with us and important information that we would just miss. And the last piece is intentionality. It's really putting that intention into the conversational leadership practice. You know, that's a combination of making certain it's happening. It's happening on a regular basis and it's happening in a way that's genuine and real going back to that intimacy, interactivity and inclusion. And then the fourth key is to expect systemic conversational leadership and provide professional development and coaching for all district leaders. And you might say, oh, this is for the leadership council or my principal or my director. When we talk about all district leaders, it's all of us. 
Every single one of us in this district is a leader of learning, regardless of what our role or responsibilities are, because none of the learning in this district happens in isolation or a vacuum. Um, it's dependent upon all of the individuals that are out there helping to help students, help families, help our staff be able to be as successful as they can be. So our topic for today, this was kind of a long lead in because our topic for today is the superintendent's 90 day plan. And so as part of the process for the um, interviewing and selection of the new superintendent, one of the things that our governing board very wisely did is they required sort of a pre-interview activity for each of the candidates to create a 90 day plan. And I'm very thankful that they asked for that because that allowed for the pre-work and the conversations with the board during the interview process about, you know, what were the priorities moving forward for the new superintendent? And we're, you know, a ways into that 90-day plan. You may have heard it referenced uh, if you've listened to a board meeting or you've been part of a meeting where maybe I've brought it up or shared it out there. Um, but I don't know how widely and broadly people have exposure to it. So I thought it would be nice to create an opportunity for you to know what the 90-day plan is and what's included in this 90-day plan. So in the notes for this podcast, one of the things you'll find is a link to a PDF of that plan. So that way, if you want to look at it yourself, dig into it, um, you're more than welcome to do so. If you have questions, reach out to me. Keep in mind, conversational leadership's the name of the game. So if you want to have a conversation around this 90-day plan, I am absolutely happy to do that. So let me kick off by sharing what the 12 different areas that are covered in this 90-day plan are, and then we are not going to drag through all 12 areas today. Um, what I'd like to do after I provide those to you is kind of drill in on four of them that I think are, I don't know that they're the most important, but they're probably the ones that where the most effort is occurring um, at this point in time while things are still happening in the other eight. So the first area, or sorry, the first area on this 90-day plan is the board superintendent partnership. Second one is academic performance, reading, math, science, and enrichment. Third is diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's followed by audits, evaluations, and investigations of systems and services. Next is communications, then organizational design and staffing followed by enrollment and financial sustainability. Next is raising voice through conversational leadership, then building resilience, recruitment, retention, and morale, ensuring partner continuity and expansion, and safety. So those are the 12 functional areas. The four we're gonna hone in on today are communication, academic performance, building resilience, and raising voice through conversational leadership. Let's go ahead and dive in on communication. In the communication section of the plan, we talk about a community voice campaign, parent-teacher organization lunches, community newsletter awareness campaign, an events calendar, Creighton Education Association meetings, and website updates. So let's dive into community voice campaign first. What does that mean, community voice campaign? Well, what we're really looking to do is dig in on creating opportunities for members of our community to engage in conversations with us. 
in order to be able to raise their voice, hear their interests, needs, and concerns. And so places that we will be doing that are through some of our existing structures, like community council. We have a community council coming up third week of September. Um, other places will be through cafecitos, me getting out into the community and meeting with community members. Some of the other ways that we're going to share out the Community Voice campaign is through some of our existing communication tool sets like the Creighton Communicator, the Creighton Community Digital Newsletter, and other resources that we use to share out with the community. In addition to the Community Voice campaign, we're going to be working on parent-teacher organization lunches. I'm very pleased that Nicole Marquez, who's a parent at the Creighton Academy, has been kind enough uh, to provide assistance in helping to put these together. Our goal is to get those out there so that we were able to have those quarterly and help support both the existing parent-teacher organizations at our schools and to help develop parent-teacher organizations at our schools where they may not have them yet. Uh, there will be a community newsletter awareness campaign. So we have some great community newsletters. The communicator goes out to everyone in our community as a print publication, but we also have the Creighton Community, which is a digital newsletter. We actually have hundreds of subscribers to that. Our analytics are great on it, but we want to make sure that everyone in the community is subscribing to that. So we're going to be getting the word out there even more. Um, we're working on a unified events calendar. Now with our switch to Google, it makes it easier to create uh, roll-up calendars that we'll be able to share out there, make it easier for people to be aware of what events are happening around the district. Uh, Creighton Education Association meetings. Um, definitely want to meet with our Education Association. They are an important stakeholder in the development of conversations and also um, in working on helping to move our district forward. And I'm happy to say even before starting my new role on July 1st, uh, the Creighton Education Association was kind enough to invite me to one of their meetings to be able to introduce myself and have some strong conversations with them. I'm looking forward to being able to join them for more of their meetings this year. And then website update. So we're in the process of doing a refresh on our website and we'll be working to improve that website to make it even easier to navigate, but also to make certain that informational resources uh, that you need access to are easily available there, as well as information resources that support all areas of our community, our students, our staff, um, in order to be able to make certain that we're effectively communicating critical information and giving you know, easy access to that information. So academic performance, we're going to drill in much more deeply on this one in future podcasts, including bringing in some of our folks um, on our team who are working on that to share what, what they're doing and what progress we've made to date. Um, but one of the things is looking at an instructional materials and support systems audit. Uh, one of the keys to this is very often over time, a district will amass an amazing array of instructional materials and support systems. And yet when you talk to staff, they'll say, we don't have any of these things. Well, the problem is you acquire, 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 acquire. Just because you possess them doesn't mean that people, you know, who've joined the district in the last two years even know that they're there. And it doesn't mean that they're necessarily 
effective anymore. So one of the things we really need to do, and the reason we need to know what everything that we have is, we also need to then look at it and say, what amongst these things should we not have anymore? You, know, you need to sometimes stop doing things, prune the tree. You know, a tree that just grows wild doesn't always grow best. Sometimes you need to prune that tree so that way the energy that the tree has is being put into the highest yield growth. And so that's um, also why the second item under academic performance is best and highest yield practices inventory, documentation, and professional development plan. We want to really focus in on those high yield practices so that way we're being as effective as we can. Um, we also want to put focuses on first best instruction, behavior and executive function, and student engagement. One of the things you may have heard me say is, I can guarantee you every student in your classroom is engaged. What I can't promise you is what they're engaged in. So if we're not engaging students in the learning, they will find something to be engaged in, and that something to be engaged in may be detrimental to the learning of everyone in the classroom. So we want to really make sure that's an area that we get very strong in. Uh, monitoring and adjustment systems for learning initiatives and resources. It is really common, any school district that you go to, that there are learning initiatives and new resources every year. The piece that often doesn't get connected with that is a monitoring and adjustment system. How do we know that we've effectively implemented it? How do we know that it's working for us? How do we know what tweaks and adjustments we need to make in order to be able to ensure that it's working as effectively as it can to support student learning, to support our staff, to support everyone's success? So those are the functional areas we'll be drilling into in academic performance, some of the tool sets and resources that we're going to be using moving forward with the folks who are actually in the process of implementing those. So here, you know, one of the things we really need to do, we know that we have amazing families in this community, and we also know that sometimes the resources aren't always available to them that they need. So we are fortunate to have a family resource center and our grant to support that family resource center has recently been renewed for several additional years. So the good news is we know we have stability to have the family resource center there, but we need to do more to support it so that way we ensure that the resources that our community needs are available through that resource center. Um, proactive student behavior supports. Now the word behavior, we need to really find replacement language for. Because when we talk about behavior, we make it sound like um, the behavior is the thing. And in reality, behavior is typically a symptom of something else that's going on. And so as we look at being proactive, what we're really trying to drill down into is when, when a student acts out in some way in a classroom, what is the cause of that? How can we make certain that we're providing those students the types of supports they need to be able to make the best choice to not only ensure that their learning continues and is effective, but that they're not disrupting the learning of others in their classroom. They're not creating, you know, additional challenges for the teacher, for the parapro, for the other folks in the classroom trying to support all of the students in that space. And so, you know, you'll hear me probably talk a lot about moving away from that concept of behavior. I just don't have a replacement word for it just yet, um, but as we drill into how we can be proactive, um, we'll probably learn 
what those replacement words can be. We're also going to look at increasing student and family um, behavioral and mental health supports um, and also staff wellness supports. So if we're not taking care of our staff, how can our staff take care of our families? We need to really focus there and find some ways that we can continue to grow and enrich those supports that we have throughout our district. Lastly, for today's podcast, we're focusing on raising voice through conversational leadership. So that's really about a lot of different conversations. Conversations with our governing board, conversations with the Creighton Education Association, as I mentioned earlier, conversations with teachers and staff, with students, including our Creighton Kids Congress. We have our first Creighton Kids Congress coming up in a few weeks, and so I'm very excited to be able to have a conversation with our students and, and hear what's important to them right now. Uh, with our parent-teacher organizations, PTOs, with community members, homeowners associations, partners and prospective partners, support organizations. And why are we saying we're raising voice through conversational leadership? Well, one of the challenges that you often have as a district leader is knowing what people are thinking, what their concerns are, what their needs are. And people talk a lot about listening. Well, when you're listening, you're out there hearing what's happening. And this is kind of like the conversation earlier about, you know, getting to the root of the things that we call behavior. The behavior is the symptom, as I said earlier, but it's not the cause. So you're really trying to get to root causes. When we talk about conversational leadership and trying to raise voice, sometimes when we're just listening, we hear what we think people are saying but we don't really hear what they're trying to communicate to us. And so by getting out there and having conversations, it gives us an opportunity to not only ask questions to dig deeper and try to understand at a deeper level what people you know, want, need, desire, where people need support, um, what things they think are working well and what things need improvement, but it also gives an opportunity to create a deeper relationship, and it's through those relationships. Those relationships are absolutely critical because it's through those that we create the comfort. Remember I talked about intimacy as being an important part of conversational leadership. That's where that intimacy comes from. You're building relationship and trust, and through that relationship and trust, people become much more comfortable to share things with you. They might share things that they weren't willing to share in the past. If they know that you have their best interest in mind, if they understand that you're having this conversation because you genuinely care, not to check a box on a 90-day plan, not to be able to say to people, well, I got out there and I talked to people and the concern you're raising, I haven't heard from anyone, but instead to really develop that deep understanding, that deep relationship, and be able to get down to real conversations about the things we need to be talking about in order to achieve not only our goals and objectives, but to, but to create an environment where people are happy and excited to really delve into all of the functional areas where we need to be successful in order for our students to have successful academic outcomes, successful life outcomes for their families to feel supported and successful. I mean, ultimately, we didn't drill into it today, but enrollment and financial stability or financial sustainability 
are really important because it's hard to do any of the other things when you don't have enough funding to do them. And so we are declining enrollment district. The demographics of our district are changing. We have a lot of um, families moving in either without kids or with different desires and needs than what we might be currently providing for their families. And so those challenges really need to be overcome for the district to continue to be successful. But we can't overcome those challenges unless we're working on it together, unless we understand what they are, unless we understand what people need, what they desire, um, and how we can be successful in providing that. So at the end of the day, we refer to it as raising voice because when we, when we build those relationships and we have those conversations, we're finally able to hear people's voices. It's not that they're not out there trying to tell us. It's not that, you know, they don't have a voice. It's that we're putting ourselves in a position to be able to give them the comfort level they need to share their voice, for them to trust us to not only listen, but to act to not only value what they're sharing with us, but to leverage what they're sharing with us to help make the district and the community stronger and better. So conversational leadership is, is important to me, you know, for all of those reasons. I think it's what allows us to have genuine success in our district. And I think it's also what ultimately allows us to serve the community most effectively. Well, I, I want to take a moment and thank you. I know um, we chose this podcast format because we thought it might be an easy way for you to hear from the superintendent um, and be able to do it maybe on a commute drive or some downtime you have without having to read like a lengthy treatise that's been typed up and emailed out to you. Um, and at the same time, also feeling like, you know, this is a great way not only for us to get to know each other a little bit better, but also to be able to bring some other voices to the table in the future as we bring on guests and just be able to share things with you that are happening throughout the district. But clearly, this is sort of a one-way component of the conversation, right? You're listening to me. I'm not able to hear you, your voice through this podcast. So one of the things I want to share, and this probably by the time you listen to this will already be underway, but the conversation tours are starting up. So as I record this, it's prior to the first conversation tour, um, but it's coming up this week that I'm recording this during and really excited for it. So I will be out at all of the schools and departments, setting up shop, making myself available. I really encourage you, if you can, to find the time to come by, sit down, Let's have a conversation. Let's learn a little bit more about each other. Let's start to build or grow that relationship, that trust, and, and dig into things that we can do together in order to continue to make Creighton a great place to be and a great place to lead. And not only do I encourage you to do that, but if for some reason that day that I'm at your site doesn't work for you, um, it's not going to be the only time I'm around, so there will be future opportunities. But I also encourage you to please reach out, um, let me know, and I am also open to having a separate one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. I mean, conversational leadership isn't just lip service. I'm interested in having conversations with everyone who's a part of our, we often refer to it as the Creighton family. Sometimes families don't talk to each other. 
I envision a family where we're having those deep, important conversations. So again, thank you for your time today. Look forward to talking to you soon and have a wonderful week.